And stepping out Thursday morning, and it's that favourite time of the week for Steve Vines. And for the Greater Bay Area. And for the Greater Bay Area. Heck now. Got that in. On? Got that in. <laughs> Phew. GBA. GBA. Well, well, it's been a bit of a week, hasn't it? We're, we're, we're back in the courts again. We've got the nine um, leaders and uh, prominent people involved in the Occupy movement about to be sent to jail. I don't think there's very little I doubt think, about that. Yeah. Um, I didn't see, which which slightly surprised me, I didn't see the usual flag wavers gathering outside the British consulate to thank them for not having abolished a really ancient colonial law under which all these people are being put away. Thanks, colonialists. You've done us a good turn. Didn't see that. I mean, gratitude, where is it? Absolutely. I mean, this is a law, remember... Uh, about causing a nuisance. Nobody thought for one moment when it was introduced that it would be used for political means. And they actually, they piled on the charges, the Department of Justice. So you have people causing a nuisance, inciting others to cause a nuisance. Inciting others to incite others. Inciting others to incite others to cause a nuisance. I mean, you know, oh, these, the, the as Carrie Lamb said yesterday, oh, you know, the Department of Justice acts in a purely impartial... Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. Anyway... Anyway, I mean, what, what is interesting and is slightly overlooked is that these cases add to a total of, which I had only recently realised, mm. of 293 other cases arriving out, uh, arriving, arising out of the Occupy uh, movement or the Occupy demonstration, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, this isn't a small fry. This is bigger and bigger fry. And it comes in this enormous growing package of bad stuff, the extradition law. But, you know, sometimes it's the little things that give away mm. where we are today. And one of the little things is, I don't know, but you probably have, when you've got time to break yourself away from the latest events in the Greater Bay Area, I don't know if you've been following what happened at Art Basel. You think, Art Basel, that's, that's an art exhibition. What, what's oh, that, no. What's that got to do with politics? <laughs> Would you, Adam and Eve, it? They found... <laughs> an exhibition to ban, which was an exhibition by a, 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 um, a mainland cartoonist. So, you know, there is no limit to this now. All these people who keep saying, it's not political, it's not political, it's rule of law, rule of law. It is permeating everywhere. And we saw the hack-handed, cack-handed attempt during the Hong Kong Literary Festival Mm. to to um, deprive one of the speakers of a platform that that went completely um apeshit and the 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 the, the, the our boy managed to sell more books than he's ever managed to sell in hong kong so good luck with all of that i imagine the artist who was involved in having his pictures censored at art basel will be will be going gangbusters but the fact of the matter is this is and you keep saying it and thinking it's not going to get worse but it does this is very bad we're really at a stage where you can't even stage in Hong Kong an international art exhibition without the long arm of Beijing and the short arm of the minions here dipping into it and saying, ooh, ooh, that's sensitive, you've got to get... I mean, you know, and then you have um, somebody called Carrie Lam, who's the... Um, apparently the chief executive for visits to, 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 to the mainland. I don't know if she's actually in Hong Kong at all this week, but she might have visited, who knows. Um, no, actually, she went to Japan. Um, you, you, you know, saying, well, you know, it's absolutely appalling. It's absolutely appalling. There are foreigners uh, are talking about our affairs. 
Carrie, it says on your little label, if you read your own propaganda, Hong Kong's world city. Now, let me think. World. What is... Oh, God, I have no idea what world means. But it probably is something like international. Just guessing. Wild guess there. So you cannot carry on like this. Threatening people's... um, security in the SAR if they think that they do something they could be whisked off to the Chinese courts at any given moment you cannot keep doing this stuff and saying we don't like the comeback the comeback is illegitimate it's ill-founded it's baseless I mean we know the vocabulary trot it out at any time you like so I don't know what's going to happen to these nine people I can see that the usual suspects are already jumping up and down going oh Expel them from Ledgecombe. Hong Kong has won. Hong Kong has won. Expel them from Ledgecombe. I mean, you know, we already had Michael Teen chipping in. Oh, well, you know, I'm minded to get rid of them. Um, uh, so two of them, I ought to explain. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Two of them are members of Ledgecombe. Remember, there's already been um, six people expelled from the legislature in the current session. 10%, 10% of the members of Ledgecombe have been expelled. You add another two... I mean, there's only 62 members. Think about it. Absolutely. So, you know, this is adding, piling it on. And I I really wonder, those people, and I saw in the usual, you know, in, in the slave press as usual, oh, this proves that the Occupy movement has failed. No, 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 grown-ups, read a book. Try and read a book. Oh, possibly a history book. There is no recorded instance in history of a civil rights movement succeeding overnight there is no recorded instance in history of an authoritarian regime not responding to protest by stepping up the repression there is no recorded instance in history of those regimes lasting forever so just read a book and you'll find out that what you think is the consequences of a movement that, after all, is not that old. The consequences of that is utter failure. It's true. The pro-democracy forces in Hong Kong are very demoralised, pretty damn disorganised, and not very effective at the moment. It's what we call, here's a technical term, a lull. Mm. The lull won't continue forever. It really won't. You, you, you You can kick people in the very tender parts... But um, And it causes pain, and it does cause them to retreat, but it doesn't kill them off. There's an assumption that everybody here will get some jail time. Do you agree or disagree? I think that's more or less certain. I mean, the the, the, the judge has already... I mean, he hasn't... uh, We know sentencing, I think, is on the 24th of April, so he hasn't obviously given any indication of what it will be. But, I mean, you know, these offences carry quite significant penalties. So Mm. if the verdict is guilty it seems very unlikely that anything other than jail. So, you know, more martyrs in Hong Kong for the um, cause of democracy. They all seem kind of resigned to that, and you said what will happen then, but I think that what will happen will be put after that day. Well, I don't... As I say, I think it... I really do think that the people who support the democracy movement are very demoralised at the moment, and there is a lull, and it is entirely possible... That, that after they're sentenced and sent to jail, um, the response won't be as massive as perhaps some people think it will be. Maybe from overseas, though. We've, we've overseas already got the rumblings all, of... Well, let's put it this way. Think of 
any country, even including the barking mad White House, which has a democracy, who hasn't had something to say about this. The European Union, the Brits even managed to... to to take time out from obsessing over over Brexit for for a, a couple of hours to talk about this, they indeed did. Didn't they? The French have, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, you know, all the all the countries with whom Hong Kong allegedly has good relations have said something about this in very concerned terms. So there's that. But I'm really more concerned about Hong Kong people. You know, what are Hong Kong people going? How are they going to respond? And I just think that you build up the resentment. You build up the fear, but you don't build up people's love of freedom in Hong Kong, and it's very hard to destroy. Because the alternative that they're offering is one that they themselves don't want. You look at all these miserable little flag wavers. I'm not talking about the people they put out in the streets, you know, the $100 people who are sent out to go and demonstrate and given a lunchbox for so doing. I'm talking about the leaders. What do they really believe? follow the money mm. they've got bank accounts abroad they've got passports tucked in there in their in their um in their in their safety Every department pocket. boxes <laughs> they've got their children sent to democracies for education that i still they, don't understand they Steve. don't actually really believe that this regime will last forever they really don't mm. if you were confident if you really believed it you don't find americans even, you know, even Donald Trump, I don't seriously believe that he's <coughs> got, you know, an exit point in Russia or wherever, you know, wherever bonkers place <laughs> uh, uh, is talked about. You know, the elite in most countries have sufficient confidence in the system. And that obviously means in a democratic system to say, I'll be all right, whatever happens. These people... They're taking out insurance policies, and you don't take out an insurance policy against the political future. And remember, that's what this insurance policy is, if you really believe it's going to last forever. If this were all like a graph, are we about to see an exponential upsweep? I think we are. I mean, in I'm, some I'm, way or form. I'm very, very, um, I'm very low on that spectrum of alarmism because, you know, people go, oh, Hong Kong's ended. And I always get very annoyed when people say that. Hong Kong's a lost cause. I get very annoyed when people say that. Why, why so? Because I don't believe it. Yeah. But I do believe there's a, a significant deterioration. I mean, you can have a, um, a significant deterioration without an end point. I, you know, if Hong Kong was ended, I suppose I, like many people, would be off. Depends what you mean by ended, well, really. I mean, yes. uh, I mean, if, if... Well, let's put it... I think ended means that you really couldn't tell the difference between living in Hong Kong and living in the mainland. In other words, we would have been fully integrated into the dictatorship. That obviously has not happened. So, again, possibly, purely in your opinion, what goes down with this special agreement that the Yanks have with Hong Kong? <laughs> it's an extremely good question. Because, you know, I mean, they're saying in black and white and also on the airwaves, look... If you carry on doing all this stuff, why on earth would we have a Hong Kong Act which differentiates Hong Kong from the rest of the Chinese mainland? Hmm. If you keep telling us there is no difference, if you keep telling us that the only thing that matters is the sovereignty of the PRC, if you keep telling us that the one system is what matters and the two systems is there for the fairies, why are we having a separate tariff arrangement? Why do we have separate legal agreements 
with the SAR. What's the point of it? You're yeah. telling us there's no difference. But how long is it going to last? Don't know. That's the thing, isn't Don't it? Don't know. And it's, isn't it interesting that the only people who have been seriously going off to Washington to try and preserve this have been Anson Chan um, uh, and the two other le- legislators who were there a couple of weeks ago mm. fighting for the retention of this act. Where are the members of the administration fighting for Hong Kong in these overseas jurisdictions? Well, starting with Steve Vines, what do you got? Ding, ding. Yeah. Well, ding, 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 and ding, up rights. Oh, I mean, ding, ding, yes. Basti Jam. Go on. <laughs> see, see how we did that. That's yeah. quite sort of... Very good. What's it? Explain yes. this to us. <laughs> so, um, here you go. Um, the court... Uh, but not the Court of Appeals, so it's almost certainly going to go to the Court of Appeal, but but the I think it's the Court of First Instance has ruled mm. in an extremely interesting ruling that these um, ding rights, which the so-called um, indigenous people of Hong Kong have enjoyed, but of course it isn't the indigenous people, it's the indigenous males have enjoyed. In this day and age. In this day and age. <laughs> I mean, we're still, um, we're still on that. Um, to, to to get a piece of land and build a 700-square-foot uh, home yep. on that piece of land. Um, whether that was lawful or not. Now, a case was brought to say, first of all, it's discriminatory because it excludes women. Wasn't it by that chap that's always doing that? Yeah, it's the yeah, king of... He got king, a result for once. King, king of judicial reviews. So-called. Um, so, um, the, but the court's um, ruling is very interesting. It said, look, these rights are enshrined in the basic law. And as long as they're in the basic law, which indeed they are, there's no ambiguity about that, um, there's nothing that can be done. But what the the judge also said, and this is where things get very interesting, he said, ah, but there's nothing in there that says the government should do what it does at the moment, which is reserve all this land. For that. For that. I mean, what, what the original right, even before 1972, when this particular act came into effect... The original right was to build on your own land. Right. So he's saying, right, if that was the original intent, let's leave it at that. And none of this business of the government handing over plots of land or allowing transfers of other pieces of land. Oh, and he said, and by the way, this is supposed to be for the builder of that home to, to live in. And we know for a fact, because it's it's very, very widespread, that, that a very large percentage of these so-called build-to-live-in uh, build homes are immediately passed on, or the right is sold on to property developers. So the judge is saying, no, you can't do that. That's all gone. So Is this going to go through, though? It's going to get so appealed. So here's, here's the-, <laughs> the interesting thing. I mean, obviously, the Hung Yi Cook will appeal. But what is absolutely staggering that the government, instead of for once having the backbone to say, well, this gives us a good opportunity to whittle down this system, says, oh, we're also considering an appeal, you know? I mean, if they did that, this would be beyond belief. Um, I'm looking for an adjective or possibly even a even a pronoun. No, I mean, it would be beyond belief appalling if the government actually, in its own name, acted to preserve this archaic, unreasonable and unfair system they will ask, in yeah. its full. <laughs> I mean, what they can say is, we honour the rights enshrined in the basic law. In fact, I'm damn sure they will be saying that. Yeah. And they can say that in future, and here, 
is where you start seeing pigs flying across the ceiling. In future, we're going to crack down on people building these properties and flogging them off. It has to be in future, in fairness. Because what's, no, what's done is done. I doubt right? they'll do that. I doubt even in the future they'll be doing that. Okay. So um, here is here's a sh- uh, an absolute black and white test of the government's integrity. Is it going to stand up for the majority of people of Hong Kong or a very small, powerful, vested interest group? Is it going to admit that if it isn't any longer required to hand over all this land in the new territories Mm -hmm. to these indigenous villages, that in fact there's a significant source of land supply there undermining yet again the case for its mega development in Lantau. One of the things that Matthew Chung, who who the the, um, chief secretary said, which, I mean, you you, you almost thought, is he having a laugh? (laughs) Uh, He said, well, the problem with some of this land is it doesn't have infrastructure, so we'd have to build infrastructure. This is the man who's advocating filling in big slabs of sea with not only no infrastructure, but no land. And he's going, oh, we'll have to build infrastructure. Yes, yes, Matty mate, you will. That's how it works. That's how all new development works. You build the infrastructure, then you build the stuff on top of it. So, I mean, you know, you can afford to fill in half the ocean, but you can't afford to put an electricity line or possibly a road into some of these parts of the new territories, which at the moment are being reserved for the mates of the Hongi Cook to build property. I'm sorry, homes. So what now, then? Interesting. Don't know. That's what I'm saying. The, 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 the judgment is, you know, the, this word that's much used and abused it, uh, is a landmark judgment. Yeah. I really do think it is. So, A, will the government appeal against it? The Hungy Cook certainly will. Would they win that appeal? The, 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 the judgment was very carefully w- worded. I mean, as they themselves, this is the Cook, as mm. they themselves said, you know, this is a... Um, this is a victory for us because it does prove that their right to discriminate against women is lawful. It does prove that they have the right to build these and own, obviously, own these houses. But it's starting to say, you know, only up, up to a point, Lord Copper. After that, you're in what we call doo-doo. There's something else you haven't mentioned here. I hope the bloke that brought this thing on in the first place knows how to sleep with one eye open. Oh, well- Seriously. Well, yes, that's that is an interesting point. Um, the the um, the fellows who are defending these ancient and historic rights are not friends of um, the gentle persuasion. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But anyway, I think it's it's interesting to put it very mildly. No kidding. All right, Steve. One more. One more. Very quickly. I'm delighted to see that while Donald Jung was in jail. He got £1.4 million pounds from the government in expenses to maintain his office and driver because, as the, as the head bureaucrat said, oh, because it's in the rules. 